What's happening guys? Johnny Pickleball here. We are live. That's right. We are going to be live this whole show. So we're going to have the top play, the epic fail really dude, Kyle's rant, as well as checking in on Ryan Sherry. And of course, let's not forget the tip of the week. So let's light that fire and let's go around the post so we can talk about the US Open recap. Let's do it. Awesome, what's happening guys? Johnny Pickleball here, also with Mr. Kyle Yates and Eddie from Eddie and Webby. Kyle, what do you got? Guys, if you like the show, let us know. Hit the little thumbs up button here on Facebook. And also follow us on YouTube, you can subscribe and follow us and watch us on Instagram also. Perfect, simple. All right, so we're gonna have some fun today. We are live, of course, and we're not gonna deviate too much from our usual routine, so we give you all the goodness of what we give you anyway. So uh, let's go ahead and do it, man. Uh, Eddie, roll it, dude. Let's start with the epic fail, really dude moment. I've not seen this one yet. What, is he doing push-ups? <laughs> I think he's <laughs> taking a nap in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, he's rolling around the ground. <laughs> Who is this guy? He's so excited. He won the point. Here comes the roll. Oh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and roll, That's perfect, man. All right, so check this out, guys. That's the first time. It's the first time Kyle's seen that video, so I made a point not to show him because it was just too funny. I don't know who it is, man, but. You know, he really just laid out there, really just put it all on the line. But the, it was the role. It was the role where his partner's probably just like, really, dude, you should probably come back out here. And they still won the point somehow. I've seen Ryan Cherry uh, have a couple of breakdance moves like that in the past. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm sure we're going to be checking on him to see what he's up to. But first, guys, let's do it. Top play of the week. Here we go. Oh, here we go. All righty. Oh, good get. Okay, get out. Nice. What? That was a clean winner. All right, that's that's that might be sick trick of the year, dude. But that's still my favorite part about this entire clip is not even that play. So you have to understand, my favorite part of this entire thing, Eddie, just let him go, let him go, just let him walk. It's like, that's right, Brandon. I just did that, and I do it all the time. It was no big deal to him. It was so smooth. No. It was like a beautiful was... little spin. <laughs> <laughs> so balanced, like a pirouette. It was Brilliant. balanced. As he walked away, it was great, man. Who, who was that? Frank Schiaccio? Mm. That's beautiful. Good work, man. No, it's just the walkout when he walks away from it, and it's just like another day. And like, that's right, I did it again. Yeah, that's cool, man. Good for you. <laughs> Top play. <laughs> Super smooth. Awesome, man. So, guys, hope you enjoyed that. Remember, you can always send us your top plays and epic fails to info at aroundthepostshow.com. So make sure you go ahead and do that so you can send, you, we can see all of that good stuff, right? All right, cool. So let's take it over to Eddie. Eddie, what do you got, man? And let's do it. Let's see what we have. We'll be right back after this. 
As most of you know, I'm a huge fan of pickleball, craft beers, and hard seltzers, which is why I'm pretty stoked to talk about today's sponsor, New Belgium Brewing Company. New Belgium's beers and seltzers are perfect for any occasion, especially after a few hours on the pickleball courts. From their flagship beer, Fat Tire, to their Fruit Smash Hard Seltzers, New Belgium has a beverage for you. Just like this, the Dominga Mimosa Sour. Now, I love a good sour beer, and I've also enjoyed a few brunch mimosas in my days, and the Dominga Mimosa Sour brings both worlds together. This is an easy-drinking wheat ale with refreshing flavors and aromas of sweet orange juice, which play very well with the wood-age sour notes. You can enjoy this with brunch, watching the sunset on the beach, or sharing with friends in the pickleball courts. Thank you again to New Belgium for sponsoring today's episode, and thank you for investing in pickleball. Cheers. Back to you, Johnny. All right, guys. So that's going to be our new sponsor. Thank you, New Belgium Brewing Company. You guys are phenomenal. Love Fat Tire and Voodoo Ranger especially, right? So all good things, man. Awesome. So the next thing that we have to do is we have to check in on our boy, Mr. Ryan Sherry. Uh, he's usually at the party bus, but like I said, sometimes he's been surprising us. Let's see where he's at. <laughs> he's training. He's been injured for a little while. I think he's finally recovered. Getting back in shape for the Look at season. that. I mean, oh. Is he just uh -oh. in there by himself, just playing yeah. with himself? Well, I'm curious who would actually be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to videotape you right now. You know, so, I mean, you have Ryan Cherry doing shadow drills. Looks like he's turned over a new leaf. Maybe he's not going to the clubs anymore. Maybe he's really starting to commit some time. To, to the craft and like, you know what? Don't want to pull pull another muscle and, you know, just just do it up. I get it. It's nice to see him taking the sport a little more seriously these days. Good to see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good for you, Share Bear. Awesome, but we'll check in with you later just to see what else you got up your sleeve. So until then, guys, we also have to head into uh, one of my favorite segments, personally. I mean, this stuff is amazing. It's it's the golden nugget that, that pros like myself and Kyle like to give you guys. And this is what we're gonna do right now. So here we go, Kyle, hit him with the tip of the week. If you're playing outside, don't forget to put on sunscreen. I mean, this is, it's, it's insane. It's insane tips. It's stuff that we're going to be doing every show, guys. You just can't get this stuff anywhere else sometimes, you know? Sometimes you can't. You'll thank me later. That's okay. You'll thank me in 20 years. That's it, Do right. It. Put it on. Awesome. All right, guys, perfect. So the next thing that we have to get to is going to be Kyle's rant of the week. Let's do it. So the Pickleball U.S. Open has been probably my favorite tournament of all time. It always has been. It really jump-started my career. Uh, you know, winning that first year in 2016, you know, I finally took pickleball seriously. I, I left college, became a professional pickleball player, uh, despite what my parents and, and friends were telling me. But, uh, you know, it's, it's one of my favorite tournaments. It's always got a great atmosphere, and it's usually the best event of the year. And I was really excited to see this year. We took a break after COVID, and everyone was super pumped to come back and, and, and enjoy the US Open Pickleball Championships. And as a player, I was just disappointed. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I can't lie to you guys. Um, you know, and, and I don't really want to criticize. I, I don't want to complain. I, I want to try to, you know, give the benefit of the doubt because they had a lot of obstacles to overcome with, with COVID and everything. Um, but there's just a few things that, 
you know, I just got to get off my chest, you know, and, and like I said, I don't want to complain. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't really want to complain about the ball that none of the players wanted to use and, and how, you know, and I don't really want to say how it really just didn't hold up in the heat as I predicted. Uh, you know, I, I, I really don't want to complain about that because there's nothing they could do. You know, they got paid a lot of money to use it. So we were stuck with it. So we just got to roll with it and everyone's got to use it. You know, I, I really don't want to complain about the food, although uh, they clearly were lacking in that department this year. Usually in the VIP tent, the food is amazing every year. It's always so good. And this year it was like they just packaged a bunch of airplane food. And, uh, you know, out of the 12 meals they provided, I don't, I, I wasn't able to eat a single one of them. They were inedible. And it's just, and the food trucks, the two that were there were just serving burgers and, and curry, which in 95 degrees out there you're playing, it's just not really an option. And uh, if I had known, I, you know, I would have, I would have brought more food. You know, I, I brought my own snacks and stuff, but as far as meals go, I, I felt bad for those of you who actually paid a lot of money, like myself, to be in the VIP, to just get really dried meat and carbs and nothing real quality. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to complain about the parking situation. Obviously, there's thousands of people that go to that event. And, you know, I paid 10 bucks and had to park across the street and get shuttled over. Uh, so that obviously wasn't really ideal. Um, but that's my own fault for not showing up, you know, at 730 in the morning before people started showing up. Uh, you know, I, I really I don't want to complain about the lack of social distancing of the outer courts. Obviously, in Florida, we're outside. It's kind of a big of a deal. But, you know, on, on the live stream on center court, everyone's spaced out. But then on the outer courts where we weren't really allowed to live stream, I had, you know, players, not just myself, we had to kind of claw through hordes of people crowded together to get to our courts. Uh, so, you know, I, I, the hypocrisy there was kind of alarming. Uh, you know, I, I really don't want to complain about, you know, the lack of preparation or, or care for the, the players. You know, obviously as professionals and players, we, we expect to have to take care of ourselves, but you know, when, when you have seven or eight matches in one day, you don't really have a lot of time to, to get meals, especially when players are given less than 10 sometimes minutes in between matches, you know? So I, I, it was just tough, you know, it, it was tough. I think there were a lot of things to, to criticize, which I don't want to do, but uh, I, I'm hoping next year will be better. I, as a huge fan of, of the tournament directors and of that tournament itself, I really hope next year is better. Um, I'm sure it will be, uh, but, I, I, I would be um, doing you guys a disservice to not to not mention and, and be honest and uh, and uh, yeah come on guys US Open let's let's stick you know let's step it up next year please awesome guys very nice Kyle good for you man for taking the higher ground on that uh, much appreciated and guys you know we'll be back with our main topic the recap of the U.S. Open right after this. Want to highlight your pickleball venue? Email johnnypickleball at gmail.com today and bring the Johnny Pickleball Show to your hometown. Never miss out on new Around the Post content by subscribing to our YouTube channel.
more around the post action starting now. All right, guys, welcome back. Johnny Pickleball here. So with Kyle Yates and Eddie from Eddie and Webby, we are ready to get into it, guys. Here it is, the U.S. Open recap. And the reason why we wanted to be live is we wanted to show you there's nothing hidden here. We're going to say exactly what we we're going to say about it. And um, there's no filter, no editing. It's going to be a very casual conversation a little bit, you know, just to point some things out. But first and foremost, I just want to say that what we learned, and, and just to kind of set the tone of this entire conversation, is that the U.S. Open made it abundantly clear that it is purely a business and has no intention of making it other than a business. And that to keep that in perspective as we start this conversation. All right, man. So, Kyle, um, I'll let you kick it off. You know, let's start with a, with a, um, some of your topics. Well, for those of you who watched uh, in the bronze medal match, uh, I clearly was cramping pretty severely. And as a professional athlete, you think I would know better to take care of myself a little bit more. Well, a little bit of context. That was my seventh match of the day. And I had asked three separate occasions, or as Eddie likes to say, occasions, for more time between my matches to, to rest because I would finish an hour long match. Some, I had a couple actually, hour and a half long matches. And then I'd come off court, go sit down in the shade of the tent that I brought. And within 10 minutes, I was being called to get on court again. Now, when it's 95 plus degrees out and you just finish an hour and a half match and you're, you know, you're hot and sweaty and you got to go sit down and you drink some water. I mean, your body can't eat yet. So there's no way to, to get any fuel in you. And then drinking, I mean, I people said I should have drank more electrolytes or whatever. I had four gallons of water that day, all with tons of electrolytes and, and stuff. I mean, I was, I was doing as much as I possibly could, but when you're on court for over five or six hours with maybe a total of maybe an hour break total throughout the entire day, you don't have time to recover. And as, as a tournament director and this tournament staff, you have to understand that these players are in serious, there's serious health risks involved there. And the fact that I was cramping at, during my, my fourth match of the day, and I had to play three more matches cramping, and I was never really offered any medical help from the staff. On court during the match, I was having spectators toss me salt tablets and things. Nobody from the tournament even came up to see if I was okay. The referee offered if I needed a medical timeout, which I declined because sitting down was not going to do me any good. It was already too late. But no one from the tournament came to see if I was okay. In fact, before my match, I asked them if I could have more time. And they asked me, well, how much time do you need? And I said, as much time as possible. I can't stand up. I have full body cramps. And they said, well, you have eight minutes till the live stream starts. We're sticking to a schedule. So the fact that I, they were not giving me any time to rest because they had to stick to a schedule for the live stream purposes just goes to show how much they care about player safety. And that's not just a trend with just the U.S. Open, but I've seen that recurring more and more at these tournaments. And and so I, at some point, how you know when are we going to start taking care of the players and, and making sure that that they're going to be okay. That's my first concern. Yeah. And, um, you know, so since we're on that topic of kind of like that center court area and being on a schedule, uh, let's, let's talk about, you know, uh, two things. And one, this is a simple one. This is just a simple one. And that's going to be um, allowing professional players entrance. 
<laughs> to to the stadium court, the professional players. Um, you know, and, and and I mean, there were people ready to put pros in fisticuffs, you know, to, to get them out of there. So that was a really, um, what a bummer, because I saw a lot of professionals that are just trying to, and it's not even about, they have loved ones that are also professional players or friends or whatever, that they're just trying to go in and support. And they, they wouldn't, I mean, they wouldn't do it. It was about the money and the tickets. And, and I know it was about COVID precautions as well, but at some point, like you got to at least, you know, let, let the players go watch or, or let the, the loved ones of the players and the people that are supporting them, let them go in at least. Well, well, Johnny, on, on the center court, on the live stream, the only live stream that they were allowing, because you weren't allowed to, you really weren't allowed to stream the other courts. Uh, but on that live next. stream, they had, to, they had to make sure that on the live stream that people would see them socially distancing properly. But off stream, you know, you could do whatever you want, <laughs> which was evident by the outer courts, which if anyone saw any photos of the outer courts, I mean, it, it blew my mind. I like seriously had to swim through crowds of people just to get to my court every match. Uh, you know, and, and all huddled together underneath this, you know, the only shade structure. So, you know, I they, they want to look good on, on camera, but off camera, you know, it's a free for all apparently. That's exactly right. And so, you know, with the, um, that leads right into the next part, which is going to be the streaming aspect and so you have one court there are teams out there now now granted i mean for the u.s open there were 30 pro teams 30 pro and we're just talking about pros there's a there's a ton of 5-0 metal matches going on throughout the week there's a ton of stuff happening throughout the facility and uh from 2-5-3-0-3-5 and so forth and so what's really interesting about that is that you would never know that these people are even there because you're only showing X amount of people and you're, you're, you're picking and choosing those people based on sometimes just if you have time, not even if they're metal matches, the ones that even aren't metal matches, it's just like, yeah, we like these people. So we're going to, we're going to put them on, you know, or whatever it might be. So you wouldn't know if there was a team out there that, that gets sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th, really battling in that, in that, you know, uh, road from 30 teams on, right? So you see a couple of the metal matches and that's it. And I understand it's a business and, and you can only afford so much streaming for your center court, but then allow streaming outside of that, you know, let other people see content. Now there were a couple of people that were able to do it, which was, I don't know if they were allowed to do it or they just did it, but you know, um, well, but, well, yeah, well, you got to appreciate, appreciate this. The golden boy, Scott golden was, yeah, exactly. was out there doing his thing. Lauren Stratman, uh, Lauren Stratman. Know, when she was done playing was out there streaming for people. So you got to appreciate that. But there's so many amazing matches that go on out there. I mean, you know, at least at least give us the go ahead because I know a lot of people were deterred because we were told we weren't supposed to, and uh, and people have gotten in trouble in the past. And and you know, if if you're not if, if the tournament's not going to stream it, allow somebody to do it, to do it, please. Yeah, exactly. Just you know, get a couple designated players in in each of those areas around the facility, and I think um, you'll you'll have much happier people across the board. So, um, well, do you know why? You know, do you know why they don't allow? I mean, you know why they don't allow the streaming? It's because they want the views on the main live stream so that they look good for sponsors and whatnot. And so, that, mm. I mean, if if, ever, if people are watching these other matches, there's less people watching the live stream, and I can see where they're coming from. But at the same time, is that fair to the rest of the players? Is that fair to the 99% of people who aren't on center court? It's a good point. So, okay, into our next thing then, which is going to be, uh, since we're kind of talking about pros, now I'm going to get to the amateurs. Trust me, I'm going to get to all that stuff. And there's a lot with it. And so um, let's talk about pros dropping out early. 
you know, and let's talk about that because pros were, were kind of, they were talked about of, oh, well, if they lost, they just withdrew. Um, it's a long week, first of all. There's multiple events. There's a mixed age, what is it? no, what is it called? The mixed men's, women's age split that they just pretty much were just like, hey, go have fun. You know, I mean, like, go do something throughout the week. And so if you, you know, it's, it was crazy, man. I mean, the, all these people are trying to, you know, get ready for their main matches, which is men's doubles, women's doubles, mixed, you know, and singles, so forth. And so having those events are just funsy events if you're not the uh, the winning team. And if you don't really have, like, a chance, I think we, there was a couple teams that you knew they were going to win or it was going to be close and everybody else just hanging out. You know, no money for third place, no money for second. It was just, you know, one and done. So that was kind of a funsy thing that they decided to do. Um but yeah, you know, going back to it, pros dropping out early, it happened because it's a long week and there's and there's other things. And I know, I mean, what's your take, man? You go for it. I'm I'm guilty of this in the past too, especially at the US Open where you can only come back and get bronze. It's over 90 degrees out there, especially with that ball which was exhausting to play with. When I, you know, I and when I lost this this year, uh, you know, I I still battled back. I wanted to come back and medal because I was only playing two events because I had dropped out of singles, I dropped out of the men's age split and the mixed age split because I knew it was going to be an exhausting week. And and so, you know, when, when you see players do that, you know, it's, you can't really be, you can't really fault them for that. Um, they're preserving their bodies. And when you can only come up back and get bronze, you know, there's, there's not much allure to that for most players, especially under the conditions. Yeah. So it's pretty much like the mixed uh, men's and women's age split was just kind of a money grab for the US Open. It sounded like like we didn't really have something for you guys to do. We thought this would be kind of fun. So take uh, pay more money. Well, what is normally fun <laughs> is when we get to play with our peers, people our own age. So I usually get to play in, in my age division there against all people of my age. But uh, the directors feel that if you're professional, you should not be allowed to play against amateurs, which there's a reason why there's the pro division and then uh, skill division and the age division, like there usually is. But this year they got rid of the age division, and instead of me playing with people my own age, uh, they said, okay, instead of playing someone your own age, grab a senior player and then play against another senior player and someone uh, your age. So I don't really know how they justify that. I think I'd rather play against people my own age than possibly a, a senior woman. Uh, I don't really know how much fun she'd have playing against me. Um, and I, I certainly think I'd rather play against people of my own age. And uh, amateurs enjoy the opportunity to play against some of the pros. So you're robbing, you're robbing these amateurs of that opportunity. Uh, and uh, I, I really wish they would just revert back to the regular age divisions. I doubt it, uh, but I, I really wish they would. Well, it seems like they'll probably do whatever gets them the most money. Um, so next up is going to be, I'm going to go to the amateurs. I'm going to take a turn here. Um, and let's talk about the US Open not adjusting in over a year any of the ratings of the players into this US Open. So people get better in time, you know what I mean? Uh, very rarely, I mean, I've seen people get worse, but you know, <laughs> but people get better. And so what happened was all these people that were three fives, four O's are, are now kind of playing four, five, five O, right? But now for the US Open, they're still in those three, five, four, zero slots, and they didn't adjust it. So essentially, it was a—I mean, the amateurs turned into a glorified sandbag tournament almost. Yeah, how, Eddie, how did you feel about <laughs> that? You played, didn't you? Yeah. yeah what do you well, got? So uh, I always like to play up. So I already—I already knew that I was kind of reaching high for the brackets I was playing in, and they were very lopsided. The teams that won 
all the the three events that I played in, they pretty much swept all the way through. And afterwards, if you go back and you look at their rating, they were all four fives or five O's playing in a four O or a three five four O combined singles. So they were definitely lopsided significantly, and it it I don't think it was fun for them, and it definitely was not fun for me either. Yeah, and even the ones that are in the 5-0, I think um, women's 5-0 stuff had like round robins going on, you know, and then you had even, um, and then you even had men's, like around a men's 5-0s, 4-5s, stuff like that. You know, they had usually a, a pro in there. Like, you know, they had a pro or two, um, not on the same team, but typically there was a pro in there to, to the ones that were getting the medals almost. And it was uh, so pretty interesting that just didn't make the transition or, or didn't, you know, either want to pay for the for the pro registration fee or they just, you know, made the choice that they just wanted to do that in the age or whatever it might have been. So whatever the decisions were, but that was definitely a problem. And, and you know, it kind of goes to the communication for the online signups of the US Open with the registration process and opening it and then closing it and taking your money and not you know not giving you a refund and and all of this stuff that's kind of you know where people were trying to email them back and forth and they were getting the boot and they just you know it was tough man it's tough <laughs> yeah exactly so you know i i hope that people you know those that are uh, you know upset about it i mean unfortunately next year that will just be replaced by other people if you don't go so it's just how it goes and it's how it is. So hopefully next year they will clean that up a little bit from the US Open as well and the communication uh, um, online and it will be a little bit better. Uh, the facility though is, is really cool though. I, I think they did a better job making it a little nicer. They had fake grass, you know, the, the stadium with the blue kept it a little darker, a little cooler, you know, so that was the thing. The porter trailers were still, you know, porter potties were still, that was the same, same thing. Those are nice. They added some new ones, I think, back on the newer courts. Um, so, you know, hey man, I mean, there's, you know, nice restroom facilities. <laughs> Nicer. <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> it was okay. So okay. the restroom yeah, facilities. The only, the only air, the only air conditioning in the entire place was in the trailer bathrooms. <laughs> that's actually, that's, that's true. I think people took, you know, their time. That was the real VIP <laughs> hangout. But <laughs> that was it. It was free too. So, which is pretty sweet, but yeah. Okay. So for that, hey, Kyle, what else you got for the U S open, man? What's on your, what else do you have for, for any topics with that? Oh man. Cause I got one more big one. Oh, what are you, what are you thinking about? All right, man. So I have the legitimacy of trademarks. So who is to say, and I'm sure I'm going to get like a six page novel from Byron Frezzo on this in comments. Um, who is to say that somebody else can't, you know, call it the, because this one's called the Minto U.S. Open Championships, right? So who's to say someone can't call it the IKEA U.S. Open Championship or they only use the United States Champions or, or something. They call it, they kind of use a deviation of it. Or they kind of mix it up a little bit. And then they go somewhere to like Surprise Arizona or they go to Indian Wells and they do it out there. Who's to say that people can't do that? Let's do it. Let's, let's, let's try. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you talk about why pros are dropping out as well. I mean, let's look at let's look at some numbers here. There's like thirty tournaments. There's thirty tournaments, and that's just like kind of scheduled ones. And then there's independent ones. And so you have probably I don't know how many, but thirty plus tournaments for professional players throughout the year. I mean, to the U.S. Open, 
it was just another tournament. It really was. It's turning into just another tournament, and I hope they fix that if they want it to be a, a thing. Well, and, and normally the U.S. Open is like standalone. It's, it's usually just a whole nother level than everything else. But with what we're seeing from like the PPA and the APP and these other tours, uh, the U.S. Open's got to keep stepping up its game because it, this year it was evident that it's falling behind. I mean, most most other tournaments have at least better food. Uh, you know, they, they treat their players a little bit better. Uh, so, like I said, uh, U.S. Open, I know you can do it. I know you're going to step it up next year. Uh, hopefully, we don't repeat the same mistakes again. Yeah, and you want to talk about other tournaments, and obviously you're going to have to compare it to the next big one coming up, and that's uh, PPA uh, Atlanta, the Georgia Open one, and that one actually has, you know, the U.S. Open, just to give you some numbers, okay? So 2,035 players at the U.S. Open this year. 2,035, right? And so Atlanta actually has 1,185. So not that, I mean, it's little more than half, you know, but I mean, that's still... You're looking at just a, another tournament. Yes, it's a major, but I mean, like, it's not that far off from the U.S. Open. It really isn't. It's halfway there, a little more so. Um, men's pro teams. What about the thirty in the? U- oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah, men's men's U.S. Open pro draw had thirty teams, right? Atlanta at the U.S. Open. Uh, at the U.S. Open, Georgia pro um, Georgia Open. Sorry, has thirty-eight men's pro teams. So it's bigger. Mm. It's Atlanta bigger. Teams. Atlanta is bigger draw. for men's pro draw than um, than the U.S. Open. And now, I mean, the, the, the women's is what it is, man. They had, uh, for the U.S. Open, there were 16 women's pro teams. And then um, for Atlanta, they have 10. So that's a whole nother topic. Oh, less, less than a third. It's a whole nother topic for another time. <laughs> we won't get into that yet. We're not going to get into that yet, but we are going to get into that at some point. <laughs> um so yeah, so when you look at the numbers and you get a nice little number crunch there, you look at these tournaments and why maybe players are dropping out a little bit is because, hey, in the next week or two, we have another tournament or we have another one. We have another one. They just had, you know, you go from the U.S. Open, you go straight to Ohio, go to Cincinnati. Then after Cincinnati, you go straight to Atlanta. It's, it's, it's back to back to back to back. And so if you're going to separate yourself, you have to take in the, uh, all the considerations and all the, the, uh, the comments and feedback from not only the professional players, but actually the main people that you're putting out into the facility and that's going to be the amateurs you need to get their input and really use it um the pros can give you our from our perspective what it is and the amateurs i think you know need to voice their opinion as well as to what they want to see fixed and i'm assuming that's going to be a lot of it being the sandbagging and the ratings eddie what do you want to see fixed well so perfect thank you so much oh man as as the amateurs, you guys have arguably a larger voice than the pros even do. So when you have, sure. if you have any sorts of not criticism but critiques or suggestions, reach out to the tournament directors. I, I, I hate to see this, the amateurs just you know just give away you know and they just do tournaments just to play them because they want to play and they just deal with it. It's like no, you should be enjoying everything and we should be trying, we're striving to make each and every tournament better than the last one. And I, I hate to see us kind of regressing in a way. You know, I've been playing the sport for seven years now, and some of the things we do with these tournaments still seem archaic. But we should be improving every time. We shouldn't be, if we're standing still, we're doing the same thing, we're moving backwards. All right, cool. Before we get to the last thing that I want to talk about, um, 
let's make sure if you guys have comments, man, whenever we do the show, we're going to do it live a few times. You know, we're going to, we may even transition to it being live. I hope you're really enjoying it. Um, but make sure to go ahead and comment, man. Glenn, Lucy, I saw you, man. Um, thank you. Uh, and so, you know, go ahead, give us your comments, give us your feedback. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you, man. We, we do what we can. So, um, yeah, so the last thing that I want to talk about so is going to be the Flying Ernie, and that's going to be where someone leaps over the kitchen, over the net, onto the outside of the kitchen on the other side while hitting the ball and putting it away for a winner, unless you're probably Glenn Lucy. <laughs> he jumped over the net? Jumped over the net, over the kitchen, over the net, onto the other side while hitting the ball in midair and then landing on the outside of the kitchen on the other side. Should it be legal? Should it not be legal? Kids, do not try that at home. <laughs> do not. Do I mean, not even those... try it. Don't submit it. We don't want to see it. I mean, it's one of those things, though. No, I, I mean, well, I kind of want to see it, but I, I don't. But, I mean, it's do we make it legal for, like, senior pros? You know, because no <laughs> none of them <laughs> none of them would try that on a bet, right? As cool as it may be and as athletic as it may be, don't try anything absurdly dangerous. You know, funny, Curtis Campbell, I think, did that maneuver to me once in singles. Guy out of Oregon, playing singles, Mm. left my drop up too high, and he ran full speed, jumped from his kitchen line, up in the air, smashed the ball, flew over the net, and landed out of bounds over on my side of the court. And uh, I actually got the ball back, and he just laughed at me. But I I couldn't believe it was legal. Uh, yeah, and, really, yeah. going to try it. Yeah. yeah, of right. course. And that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing, man, because it's like, here's the problem. If, if you go out and try that, right, and, and, and you fail or don't fail or you succeed or whatever it may be, it's like if we, if we say and they, and they come out with a rule and say it is not legal, there are a ton more people that are going to go out and try it because it's like pushing the button to be like, we did it, no problem. You know, it's like don't push that red button. So everyone wants to push the red button. I don't want to see anybody get hurt. It was cool. Um, the guy who did it, that's awesome. Cool, really cool. But I, I, please don't submit it. Don't show us. Don't even post it. I don't want to see that. That's just dangerous. That's, that's too reckless. Just do a regular Ernie. It's cool enough. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but that flying Ernie might have sold him a t-shirt or two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Johnny, what if, what if his toe clips? What if his toe clips the top of the net? I mean, he's gonna lose all of his teeth. I, I mean, mean, come on. It's true. Just do think of the medical bills. He's a legend. He's a legend. Nobody else try it. Please, just don't do it. All right, all right. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. All right. Fair enough. Awesome, guys. Well, um, Kyle, any closing thoughts? U.S. Open. Anything else? Again, like I said, it's that's one of my favorite tournaments of the year. Uh, it probably always will be my memories, but. This year, ah, man, I was disappointed. I, I really, really hope they step it up next year. They've got to keep stepping it up. Food's got to be better. Take care of the players better. Uh, you know, upgrade, upgrade the venue a little more. Um, I mean, there's a lot of little things, just a lot of little things they can do better to make the, the event more worthwhile. People are flying in from all over the world. We've got to keep it the premier event. It's called the U.S. Open Pickleball Championships. Let's make sure it's the best event of the year, not just another tournament. Exactly. Awesome. My thoughts exactly. So, guys, uh, we'll be checking in on Ryan Sherry here in a second, but we're going to be back right after this.
Does life sometimes cause you extreme heartache or stress? Do you suffer from seasonal allergies or the common cold? Then maybe you should consider Eddie and Webby. Eddie and Webby most likely won't be able to help with any of these symptoms, but Eddie and Webby do provide high-quality pickleball content on YouTube. Rare yet sometimes frequent side effects of tuning into Eddie and Webby may include uncontrollable laughter, severe entertainment, loss of appetite, or a total waste of time. Eddie and Webby may not be right for everybody, but if you like pickleball, Eddie and Webby might be exactly what you're looking for. Do you want your top pickleball play featured on our show? How about your game face, or epic fail? Email it to info at aroundthepostshow.com. Alright guys, welcome back. Johnny Pickleball here with Kyle Yates and Eddie from Eddie and Webby. And hope you guys are enjoying this live episode of the Around the Post Show. And you can always like us, love us, share it. Actually, please share it. Yeah, why not, right? Awesome. Comment. All the above. Subscribe to our YouTube. Check us out on all your favorite um, platforms, right? Your po podcast platforms, all the national ones. Go ahead and do it. So uh, let's go ahead and check in. We like to check in with Ryan Sherry. We're going to do it one more time. We thought he turned a new leaf. I'm hearing otherwise, Kyle. Let's see what we got. <laughs> oh, just when I thought he was taking pickleball <laughs> seriously. Hey. The guy just likes to have a good time. <laughs> There's always fireworks. Where, where does he find these places? That's the question, and that's the fun. He just <laughs> he somehow finds it though. He always finds a way. And so you know, he was he was drilling to Justin Bieber, and now he's you know to to a cyclone. You know, he's he's just all over it, man. It's good. Good for Ryan. We'll always be checking in with Mr. Ryan Sherry. And guys, I hope you guys really enjoyed. Eddie, any final thoughts from you, sir? I'm gonna let you do it. Go ahead. I, I'm not. I'm not going to because I know you're just gonna cut me off. No, Eddie. I'm. Go ahead, Eddie. Anything Go you want to say, man? Please. I got nothing. So, from a from an amateur perspective, uh, on the U.S. Open, I would like to be able to share one thing, and that is one of the reasons I wanted to be part of the VIP patron lounge again after getting tickets two years ago is because. I got to interact with a lot of the pros, right? And it was so much fun. And I think you guys mentioned it, but them being locked out, shut out, it really kind of took that fun away from that area. And so I think to me, if you're a pro or a top pro or, or whatever it is, you should be allowed in there because it's gonna make that a more appealing process for those who are paying big money for those tickets. That's good insight, Eddie. Thank you. Perfect, man. No, no, no. Thank you. Awesome, guys. So, Johnny Pickleball, Kyle Yates, Eddie from Eddie and Webby. This is the Around the Post show. We'll see you next time.